your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 376 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I am your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. That intro song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, we got a very special treat for you guys. It's going to be part one of a two-part conversation with my friend Kevin LaBella. Kev works for Comcast and also the NHL Network. Uh, Just getting into the hiring of Jared Gallant, obviously, as the new head coach of the New York Rangers. Talking a little bit about Adam Fox being in the running for the Norris Trophy. Uh, The controversial firings of JD and Jeff Gorton. Some Stanley Cup playoff talk and a whole lot more. And so... Let's go ahead and play part one of our conversation with Kevin LaBella. Enjoy. All right. And so with no further ado, let's go ahead and welcome in our very special guest for today from Comcast, as well as the NHL Network, Mr. Kevin LaBella. Kev, how are we doing today, buddy? Good, John. How's things going, man? Uh, Hanging in there. You know, there's never a dull moment covering this New York Ranger team. And of course, uh, with the big news dropping less than 24 hours ago, there's really no other place to start than uh, to ask you about your thoughts on Jared Gallant becoming the new head coach of the New York Rangers. I mean, was he one of your favorites going into this or just how do you feel about it overall? Yeah, he was. Um, clearly, as far as somebody that's been active lately, um, obviously just coming off his world championship gold medal with Team Canada, um, you know, it really seemed kind of like a no-brainer. Um, through a lot of the fan groups that I'm part of, you know, it seems like he was a lot of people's top choice. I know a lot of people were talking about even bringing in Messier. Um, but I, I think they made a great, great hiring. You know, it, it's unfortunate that it didn't work out with Quinn. Um, you know, it looked like he was going to be a good fit for that team and, and be able to help a lot of the young guys. And, you know, it just didn't seem to gel. So I think they were right to make the move they made as far as the coaching. I, I didn't agree so much with the front office stuff, but coaching I, I think they made the right decision and, and I think Gallant is really gonna help mold these uh kids together you know you can see when he when he was rebuilding Florida he, he did such a great job getting that team together and then you know taking the reins on Vegas and uh yeah I was very shocked to see them get rid of him as quickly as they did after yeah you know how, how many coaches take an expansion team, the Stanley Cup Finals. You, you may never see that again. Well, maybe you'll see it again next year, but my guess is you're not going to see <laughs> that again for a long time. It's funny, man. I just got done recording an episode right before, you know, we, we did this call here and, you know, we're doing our own episode now. That's literally what I said. I said, I don't think people realize, like, how special that was and how impressive that was. Jared Gallant basically took a team of, like, castaways and rejects to the Stanley Cup Finals in that franchise's first year of existence and I know they had some good players but I mean we might not live to see that again in any sport man an expansion team going to the finals like are you kidding me like that's crazy I, I agree and if you you know you look back on history you see yeah technically St. Louis did it um at whenever it was 69 or whatever um but realistically 
they were an expansion team, but the way they split it up back then was, you know, old teams on one division, on one conference, new teams on one conference. So no matter what, an expansion team was going to the Stanley Cup final. Right. And if my memory serves me correct, they got swept two years in a row by the Blues, maybe. Um, I mean, uh, by Boston. So I don't really think that's the same thing, putting them through the entire ringer of the playoffs and not having a guarantee of an expansion team going in there. But like you said, it was almost like a cast of uh, misfit toys. So like, uh, you know, some people think they had an easy road because they cherry picked everybody. Um, but that's, that's what the expansion draft is. And that's how you get a team going immediately. Uh, you can always look back in the nineties to see, you know, Tampa, Florida, and uh, Anaheim, San Jose, and all those expansion drafts that, those teams didn't necessarily come out firing like Vegas did. Yeah, Florida made it to the Cup in 96 because they cherry-picked Van Beesbrook off of our team. Right. Um, and, and he, you know, he was basically the MVP of the league that year and, and, and had an amazing playoff run and then, you know, ran into a buzzsaw with that Avs team. But I, I, I agree. I don't think you're ever going to see anything like that again. And you can't discount that just because of an expansion draft. Um, you know, they played within the rules, exactly they were set up, and they did a fantastic job, and nobody thought they would do what they did. And unfortunately, uh, you know, they kind of ran out of steam there at the end against Dovey, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, and you got to uh, – that's, that's kind of why, with who's left, that's kind of who I'm rooting for here. You know, I, I know a lot of Ranger fans like to still root for Tampa and root for McDonough and – you know, that's all good, and he's already got his cup, so, right. you know, as a Ranger fan that has no dog in the race right now, I'm certainly not rooting for the Islanders, although, they're, man, their team is very exciting to watch, just my, my heart can't let me root for them, and Tampa's got one, and then I'm certainly not rooting for Terry Price in Montreal, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I would be rooting for Vegas the rest of the way here. Yeah, I think I'm for Vegas, too. I think maybe we get Vegas. And I'm going to stick with Tampa Bay, even though they lost game one in the cup finals. I mean, and I hear you about the Islanders. It's weird that all of a sudden now in the playoffs, they're scoring goals, but there's no way I can root for them. But something that I've admitted on this show, like, I can't stand the Bruins, man. Like, between Marchand and, like, there was a couple incidences this year where uh, Nick Ritchie kind of accidentally on purpose made contact with the head of our goalies. That happened twice. Once was with Igor, once was with Georgie. And I'm like, man, I really can't stand this team. Like, I actually wanted the Islanders to beat the Bruins. And I, I hope I don't lose any listeners from that. But, I mean, I, I could not stand that Bruins team. But the way I see it now, the Islanders have served their purpose. They got rid of the Bruins. And now they got to lose. They got to lose to the Lightning. Yeah, if a hockey fan can't respect your opinion with all you do for this show, maybe they shouldn't be listening. <laughs> but, I mean, again, I'm with you, too. Like, the, the first round when, when you get Islanders-Penguins, who are you supposed to root for? I mean, exactly. I guess you don't have to root for anybody, but, you know, as a sports fan, you watch a game, you got to root for somebody just to, to have that excitement of, you know, getting excited when somebody scores. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and I, you know, when it comes to Penguins Islanders, I'd root for the Islanders just because I really don't like the Penguins. Um, <laughs> and like I said, this, this Islanders team, man, they're, they're exciting. They're, you know, a lot of young guys, again, they still have some of the, old guard there from, uh, you know, the past couple of years of those, 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 their third, fourth line guys that are, you know, the guys as Ranger fans, we definitely don't like Clutterbuck and Martin and all, and all those guys. 
But, you know, Barzell and Bailey and, and, you know, getting Lou Lamarillo to come over and then bring his two devils with him. Um, you know, Palmieri and Zajac have been playing awesome in the playoffs. And it killed me to see them in Islanders uniforms. But it's, I think it's, you know, it's good, good for them for going out, making the correct moves, especially after losing Tavares and watching what happened to him, unfortunately, this year was the, one of the scariest things I've ever seen in hockey. Oh, it's so um, bad. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's good hockey. And, and as a hockey fan and someone who works for the network and, and wanting the best product out there to help continue to grow the game. It looks like we have the four best teams, right? Well, okay, so maybe not. Maybe Montreal's not in that conversation. But the way things shook out with the with the divisions the way they were, I think you got the four best teams right playing the best right now from their respective divisions. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find locked-on hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. Go download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Com. And I mean, hey, it's not like Montreal had an easy path there. I think coming into the playoffs, probably, you know, there's 16 teams in the playoffs. I think just about everybody would have had them at or near the bottom of the list in terms of teams that are going to go on a Stanley Cup playoff run. But, you know, they fall into a 3-1 hole against Toronto and they come back from that. It's another choke job for Toronto in the playoffs. I mean, there's no easy way to get to the, you know, semifinals, I guess is what they're called this year. But to be one of the final four teams, uh, you know, still standing in the league and, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like Ranger fans, depending on when you got into this team, you might have some mixed feelings on them because I feel like they are kind of like the proverbial underdog this season. So maybe that makes people kind of like them a little bit. But at the same time, you know, that's the same team that had this crazy dynasty and they beat the Rangers in the 1979 Cup Finals. So I think it kind of depends uh, when you start rooting for the Rangers as far as, you know, your feelings on the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, we've shown that 79 79- <laughs> game on yeah. our channel so many times honestly we, we usually show the bruins canadians 79 with the with the don cherry too many men on the ice we tend to show that game more than the ranger game and everybody kind of looks at that as you know as the final and the rangers were an afterthought 
um, in history now. I mean, obviously at the time, the way it was looking, the Rangers were going to go in there and finally get get one, and you know, it just it just didn't shake out. And I, I kind of look back to 2014 and and that that great Eastern Conference Final, and uh, you know, what's his name, Kreider crashing the net and taking Price out. Uh, yep, that probably was the momentum shifter of that whole series, and we actually showed that clip on on air last night. Just uh, they were kind of discussing about. Terry Price's resurgence, and you know he had, I don't know, two years ago maybe he had a very very rough year and been dealing with some injuries and stuff. So it's nice to see him come back and play well. And you know he's an all-world goalie. You know you can't yep. take anything away from him. He has shown that he's an elite goaltender that'll be remembered forever, probably, especially being a Canadian and their rich history, obviously, of goalies. Um, he's probably, you know, third, fourth right there. And, you know, maybe he passes Wah there. Uh, that's wise on Montreal, but obviously he didn't bring the two cups over, or the one cup over, two cups over for Montreal. Um, right, yeah. So it's, I, I don't know. That's that's not a team I, I ever root for. Uh, I you got guys like Gallagher who, you know, as we're watching the game last night, there's a scrum in the net, and I, I just look up and I'm like, I bet that's Gallagher that's in the net right now. And sure <laughs> enough, he head out, and it was him. Yeah, you know, he's yep. the he's the Montreal version of Marchand. He's, he's gritty, and then uh, you know, I guess if he's on your team, you love a guy like that. But you know, when he's not on your team, hate seeing guys like that. Exactly, exactly. It's kind of uh, you know a, a Sean Avery kind of type player almost. Uh, maybe exactly. not quite to that extreme, but the same yeah. idea. You know, you love him when he's with you. You can't stand him when he's with somebody else. But um, yep. j- just to kind of go back in time about a month and a half here. I mean, this feels like it happens about five years ago at this point. But, you know, the Rangers, obviously, they pretty much out of the blue, they fire Jeff Gorton. They fire John Davidson. And then, you know, they let David Quinn play out the season or coach out the season, rather. Uh, but the writing was on the wall. It pretty much looked like he was going to be gone at that point. But I wanted to get your thoughts on the firing of Jeff Gordon and JD, because I think with Quinn, he kind of split the fan base a little bit. But I feel like most Ranger fans were feeling pretty good about the job that Gordon and JD have done, you know, kind of rebuilding this team and setting them up for success. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, man. I mean, did you ever see that coming? And what are your thoughts on the Rangers, uh, you know, dismissing both of those guys? Unforgivable. Yeah. Unforgivable what Dolan did. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I understand, um, who was it, Buchnevich, that took that stick to the neck, uh, and, and they wanted Wilson thrown out of the league, and, you know, I get it, but for your owner to come out and call for the job of Paros and, and the player safety department, who, yeah, okay, I didn't agree with, with that whole situation, and I watched that replay so many times, and you know, Wilson always seems to be putting himself in that position. Um, so it was nothing new. And maybe they could have came down a little harder. But for your owner to come out and, and, and say, this guy's got to be fired and it's a disgrace that they did this and blah, 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 and shoot yeah. his mouth off the way he does, which he always does regarding the Rangers or Knicks. And nobody cares what he thinks. Um, maybe right. he's because clearly he's holding all the cards. Um but I, I think that was a horrible decision. JD has done such, and Gordon's done such a good job putting these kids together. And how many drafts do the Rangers go where they really don't come out with anything? They they have a horrible draft history. 
And finally, they're starting to go in the right direction. Get this really good young talent. Yeah, Kako hasn't lived up to his potential yet, but he still looks like he's going to be good. And, and, and give him, you know, maybe fans don't want to give him all the time to see what he's got. And, and Lafreniere, he, he, he started out slow. Obviously, I saw a stat earlier this year that there was, uh, I don't know, 10 goalies that had more points than he did in their first so many games or something like that. Um, but he seemed to turn it on towards the end. And I think he got a little more comfortable where, where they finally got him in that second line or, or third line, wherever they were placing him that night. I think he got a little more, um, a little more comfortable with the guys he was playing with. Took, took, uh, probably took some of the leadership from, from guys like Kreider and Booch and Mika. And, and starting to understand the NHL game a little better, starting to pick up with the speed. And you started to see a lot of that skill that he's got. So all in all, I think Gordon and JD were doing a great job. I would love to have seen them finish what they started. But unfortunately, we have a jerk owner who uh, <laughs> doesn't have the team's best interest in mind. I mean, he ran that Knicks team into the ground for – how many years now? Finally, the Knicks had a had a really good season this year, um, but it's no thanks to him. I mean, he probably would have brought Isaiah Thomas back to, to destroy the team for another ten years. So it's, it's unfortunate, and then it's even worse to see JD go back to where do you go back to Columbus now? Yeah, Columbus. Uh, you know where he you know he built that team once. I'm pretty sure uh, he built that St. Louis team once. So he clearly knows what he's doing. He's a god amongst the Ranger community. Uh, well, I don't see why you wouldn't want that guy leading the ship, you know? Uh, I just, it just didn't really make sense to me. I get it. You don't want to go against the owner. And it was ballsy of J.D. and Gordon to come out and say, hey. And again, it wasn't really a big public thing. But from what I heard, they came out and were very vocal about, that's not our opinion. That's the owner's opinion. We got nothing to do with that. Dolan didn't like it, and that was the end of that. Yeah, it's crazy, man, because I think initially when that happened, and that was such a whirlwind 24 or 48 hours, whatever it was. I mean, you have all the nonsense with Tom Wilson. You've got the league failing to take any action against Tom Wilson outside of the $5,000 fine. And then you have this statement that comes out and calls for the job of the Department of Player Safety, George Peros, and, you know, that this is a horrible job by the league and this, that, and the other thing. And I, you know, when all this was, was first happening, and I'm trying to process all this in my head, and, and J.D. and Jeff Gordon are being fired, I'm thinking, like, like, like my first thought was that they were behind the statement and that Dolan didn't like it. And as it turns out, it was actually exactly the opposite. It was Dolan who went nuts and they didn't want to kind of be a part of that. They kind of wanted other teams to know that like, Hey, we didn't really have anything to do with this statement. And they were kind of, I guess, looking out for number one, but I mean, man, what, what a, what a crazy 48 hours. It had to be two of the craziest days in the history of the franchise. Yeah. And if you look at it, you know, I'm pretty sure Leach was in that role that Paros is in now a few years back. Um, you know, I think Shanahan was kind of running that spot for a little while. And then I'm almost positive Brian Leach took that spot for a year or two. Um, we, we usually do the breakdowns of the hits on the network. They, they send out like the little three-minute video where they talk about, you know, the onus is on the player here for turning back to the boards. And, you know, they, they explain their thought process. I haven't seen those in quite a while, but we, we used to air them all the time every time somebody got suspended or anytime somebody had a hearing and they'd give the ultimate decision. Now I'm curious if Brian Leach was still in that position and makes that decision if this goes that way. If Gordon, I mean, uh, if, if Dolan is 
calling for Leach's job at that point. You know, you can't have it both ways, but I guess, yeah. you know, I'm talking semantics here and, and what ifs and all that, but I don't know. The owners no, need to take, sit back, it, pay the guys, and let your front office guys handle the team. Yeah, no, I'm not with George, you 100%. He's not George Steinbrenner, you know what I mean? He's, he's not, he nobody cares about James Dolan. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. It's one of those things, like, I always kind of hope, because I know he's run the Knicks into the ground, and I, I don't even follow basketball that closely. And to your point, I know the Knicks were in the playoffs this year. At least they had one of the best seasons that they've had in, I don't know, probably at years, least 10 probably. years. Yeah, probably. It might be 20 years. And so that's great and everything. But my hope as a Ranger fan, because, again, I don't really follow basketball that closely. I mean, I'm kind of a Knicks fan, but, you know, I'll, I'll catch a game every once in a blue moon. But my biggest hope with Dolan is that he is so distracted by the Knicks that he just doesn't even notice anything going on with the Rangers and just kind of leaves them to their own devices. I mean, that's pretty much the biggest hope that you can have as a Ranger fan is that this guy just doesn't pay very close attention. What probably happened this year, I mean, I was like half joking about this, but he probably like looked up Ranger stats and realized that like Caco and Lafreniere's numbers weren't where, you know, he wanted them and was like, all right, well, we got to fire everybody. And it was just kind of, it just had the feel of just this knee jerk reaction kind of thing when, when everybody yeah, was being ab- let go absolutely. left and right, you know? Yeah. I just, you've been in this rebuild for what, two years, three years now. Yep. Um, why throw in the towel at this point? Why not let these guys see, see it through to the end on what they've been building? It's, it's hard for another GM and another team president and another coach to come in and, you know, they may not have the same ideas as JD and Gorton had on what this team should be. And who knows? Again, I, I trust Chris Drury and, and, you know, the guy is a hockey genius you know he, he's one of the best smartest offensive players you'll ever see i look back to that buffalo series before he came to the rangers and that you know what a heartbreaker yeah yeah um, and you know who knows what they want to do they may they may want to ship some of these young guys out i mean the rangers need a couple veteran guys to kind of hold this thing together but you know i was listening to people talk about like going after get laugh and that so you know i don't think that's the extreme direction they need to go to go that old and uh you know but i i just it doesn't make any sense i i wish they would have let jd see this thing out to the end and and really see where this team could have went with, under his direction because although obviously we didn't make the playoffs we had the playing game playing series against carolina last year that everybody thought they were going to win um it was going in the right direction. And, and these kids are exciting. It's, they're fun to watch. And everybody looks at the Rangers right now like they're stacked with young talent. Why would you not want to be part of this? So it's, it's, it's unfortunate. And 
like I said, I hopefully, hopefully Drury can, can steer this team in the right direction. And I'm sure he learned a ton under JD. And, and Drury seems like the kind of guy that would take that direction and continue to learn under those guys. So hopefully he's ready to take the reins and, and take this team to where we're all hoping they're going to go. Exactly. I mean, I think Drury, I mean, if I'm Drury, I don't know that I'm going to do anything radically different. I mean, I know the Rangers have a good amount of cap space, so, you know, we'll see what they, uh, what they look to do there. I actually have a list of uh, impending free agents. We'll get to that in a little bit, but one more thing I wanted to ask you about. There's a rumor that's kind of kicked up today uh, or maybe even yesterday, but uh, apparently Dan Girardi could be considered uh, for an assistant coaching position with the Rangers. Uh, Rick Carpaniello of The Athletic was reporting that. So any thoughts on that? I mean, Girardi's only 37. He's only been retired for a couple of years. And obviously he was an interim assistant coach with the Sabres for the end of this past season. But do you like Girardi in that role? I mean, do, do you go young so, with an assistant coach? Yeah. Are you, try, are you trying to bait me? Because we were talking about him blowing that game <laughs> one of, of the Stanley Cup yesterday. He, yeah, he, we, were, we were texting about that for anyone listening to this. And, and Girardi, you know, I think we're both big fans, me especially. But yeah, Girardi had a really rough game one. And I think maybe even a rough game two in, in the Stanley Cup finals against the Kings. But uh, I guess yeah, I am trying to bait so you, man. What, what, what are your thoughts on Girardi? Yesterday, yesterday was that seven-year anniversary of that Stanley Cup clincher. And it was on TV yesterday. And, you know, we've talked about my whole experience with that game on this, on this show. Um, I, I really like Girardi. I mean, he was, he's those, you know, for being an undrafted guy and, and just such a gamer. And how many times he had his foot broken and his leg broken, all this stuff from blocking shots. And he was our Iron Man for so long. And he was the anchor back there until he actually turned into an anchor. And, you know, it, it seemed like he just went from, you know, 25 to 40 in a year. Um, yeah. But as far as the coach goes, I, I think that's a good choice. I mean, again, coming from such a unique experience that he had um, getting into the league the way he did and then becoming an elite defenseman for, for a few years there and becoming a leader on the Rangers and a fan favorite, I think that's a good choice. Again, it, it remains to be seen how, you know, how he meshes with the players and, and you know, there's a lot of chemistry goes into that kind of stuff. and. You saw it with Lindy Ruff that he just didn't seem to fit with what the Rangers were doing, and a lot of people blamed their penalty kill and power play stuff on on him. And um, you know, I don't know if that's rightfully deserved or not, especially with all the success he's had in his career. But bringing a guy who who clearly is loved by New York, loved by the fans, yeah, yeah, we got a little sour at the end of his career. But then you know, he ends up with Tampa and gets to play with McDonough and Strawman and. Callahan, geez, the list goes on forever. Yeah, but I think he's a good fit. He seems to know his stuff. I, you know, I don't think it was ever a lack of talking knowledge or or on the ice intuition that he he lacked at the end of his career. I think his his body just broke down on him, and it's it's hard to continue to compete at that elite level in the NHL when you're dealing with those injuries especially as a defenseman that blocks shots and is relied on so heavily for, you know, 22 minutes a game, something like that. It, it takes its toll. And he took a beating on the Rangers. And, and, you know, he was the guy that had to stand up for all those guys. Anytime somebody gets crushed in the corner, you know, Girardi was one of those guys that had to go in there and stick up for them. So, you know, as far as the player goes, I loved him. I, I, I said give him the shot. I, I think that's a, that's a good signing if they were to bring him in and, 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 and get him in there. 
Um, hopefully the younger guys respond to him and kind of can see how he had to work above and beyond everybody else and outwork everybody else just to get to the league and then to have the success that he had in his career. Hopefully those young guys can, you know, soak up everything they can from a guy like him. Yeah, I think those are excellent points, man. And I, just to kind of build on that, something else that I think uh, Girardi would kind of bring to the table for this team. You know, we hear so much about how, you know, if there's one thing that's maybe lacking a little bit on the Rangers, maybe it's that nastiness, that snarl. I mean, they have some players that bring that, you know, Lindgren, Truba, a couple other guys as well. You know, Kreider can get a little nasty out there from time to time as well. But a lot of Ranger fans will say, okay, this team, this team needs to get tougher. They need to get grittier, this, that, and the other thing. Dan Girardi is going to go in there and he's going to instill that into these players, the guys that are already there, not to mention whoever else the Rangers might bring in in free agency or whatever it might be, a trade. Yeah, I, I agree. That's, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. that that's, that's exactly how it should play out. And hopefully, hopefully it does. Um, these kids are smart enough and talented enough where they, they should all want to get better and picking a brain of a guy like that should be helpful in their development. Especially off-the-ice stuff, too. You know, you can never discount how difficult it is to play in New York. Yeah, the Rangers yep. may not be on top of the world right now, but that does not ever, um, you know, limit the media coverage and the scrutiny that comes along with playing in New York and then not having success. So um, I think Girardi, as well as anybody, took a beating from the media and the fans towards the end of his career. Um, and I think that's a good experience to share with those kids that, hey, it's not always going to be great. Um, you got you to gotta stick with it, keep working harder, and battle through the tough times to, to gain that success. Now, that 2014 team was not the best team in the league. They, they had something special that, that gelled and when Marty came over and the stuff with his mom and just the whole way that team, everything shook out that year. You, you just sometimes – you just get that special feeling that, hey, we could do this. And then they yep. start believing in themselves. Once they get that self-belief and, and start playing well and you get a little bit of puck luck and, and you're able to protect the lead. I mean, I remember that whole playoffs was two-goal leads every which way for every team that disappeared within a minute. I never yep. saw a team be up 2 nothing or 3-1, to one, then all of a sudden it's tied within the blink of an eye. So – to, to battle through that adversity and still have that success, I think that you can't discount experience in, in, in any job, especially in sports, especially in professional sports. So it's invaluable to have a guy like that to be able to share that stuff with the young guys. They, you know, I see that's a positive thing. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, speaking of Ranger defensemen, Got to ask you about Adam Fox. Obviously, I felt like he got a little bit snubbed, at least not being a nominee last year for the Calder. But, you know, be that as it may, he's up for the Norris this year, and he's going up against Victor Hedman and Kale McCarr. And I'm biased. I mean, maybe you are too. We are both Ranger fans, but I think it should be Adam Fox's award to lose. Uh, do you have any thoughts on on that three-way battle for the uh, Norris this year? So just to touch on the Calder real quick, I, I kind of agreed there. I thought – geez, to not even be a nominee, not even be a finalist there. You know, I think if they went five finalists instead of three finalists, you probably would have seen his name there. Um, but with some of the some of the rookies last year, yeah, I could see him getting squeezed out. Um, it it kind of made sense. And, you know, he wasn't even on everybody's radar for that. You know, everybody thought that would be Lafreniere in there and, and not Fox. But 
he's been shown to be great. I mean, you know, he looks like Leach out there sometimes, and his numbers look like Leach sometimes with all, all the offensive statistics. But it's not like he's just an offensive defenseman. I mean, he plays defense, and he's got energy. And he, you could tell he knows, he knows the situation, knows what he's doing out there. For his team to trust him, you know, at the point on the power play, too, that's, that's uh, got to be a huge confidence builder for him. And, and he had a phenomenal season this year. Now, you look at the Norris, yeah, he's, he's right there. And you say it's his to lose. Again, I think it's Hedman's to lose just because he's the old guard. and You kind of see a lot of the awards in sports kind of, you got to go out there and unseat the veteran. You know, you got to beat the champ to be the champ. Or, you know, we want to start talking Ric Flair on here. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's, I think he's the odds-on favorite right now, but I would not be shocked to see them give it to Hedman. And honestly, McCarr is one of the most exciting players in the league. The Avs struck gold with that pick. Yep. Um, the, the fact that he was able to come in in the playoffs his first year without even playing before that and just immediately be the catalyst of that power play and that offense. Um, you know, he, he's a great player. I think you're going to see him possibly end up in the hall at the end of his career if he, if he stays on the track he's on. Uh, I don't think numbers-wise I would put McCarr at three. Um, it's hard. To, it's hard to beat Hedman, man. You know that guy is the prototypical defenseman. If you took a slab of stone and cut it and gave it every skill you wanted a defenseman to have, it would be Victor Hedman. Um, you know you can't. He's got some speed to go with that size, and he's got a great shot, and he's got great defensive instincts. Uh, it also helps playing with Stamkos and Cooch and Point and all those guys a lot. Johnson. It helps having that talent around you. It'll always elevate you. But, I mean, he is the prototypical elite defenseman in the NHL right now. So, I wouldn't be upset if Fox – I mean, it, yeah, it's nice to even just see him considered for that. Uh, you know, that was the bright spot of the season this year was his development, his, you know, just – he's so many points and just played awesome this year. And to see him get the accolades and get the recognition from the league and from, you know, to even be considered for this award is a great honor. And it would be fantastic if he wins it. I hope he does. But, again, like I said, I don't think I would – I would understand if they gave it to Hedman. Um, hopefully Fox stays on this and this isn't the only time you see him in the discussion for the Norris. And, you know, his future continues to, to get brighter. And maybe he's got a couple in his future anyway. So, obviously, it would be nice to see him win it. But uh, just seeing kind of how it goes, I think they're going to end up giving it to Hedman. All right. So once again, a big thanks to Kevin LaBella for joining the show. And a huge thanks to you guys, as always, for tuning in to the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. We will have part two of our conversation with Kevin LaBella in tomorrow's episode. And if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Kevin Durant was all the Brooklyn Nets needed. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.